Welcome to How to Live with the Rich, a limited series podcast about how the middle class can actually, practically, and biblically help the poor. I am your host, Beck Isaacson, and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to How to Live with the Rich. As always, it is so great to have you here. And both today's and next week's episodes are going to be pretty much back to basics kind of ones. As we step back and we take a look once again at global inequality in three specific areas. This week, we are going to talk all about health and education, and next week, we are going to talk about food because. In among the recent episodes of, you know, the Bible and the problem, three parts, and even short-term missions last week, I don't want to ever lose sight of the reason that we are actually here in the first place, which is essentially the gross inequality that exists within the world and both our responsibility and our ability to actually do something about it. I very much want us to sit with the uncomfortable reality of this very difficult world that we live in, and so I'm excited to get back to some basics today, talking about health and education. But first, and as always, let's talk about something hopeful and something happy, and today's tiny happy thing is something that is very tiny but mighty, and that is this, waking up before your alarm and rolling over knowing that you have more time to sleep. I mean, is there anything greater in the whole wide world? Well, yes, but also no. It is a unique and often unbridled joy, even if it's only like 20 minutes or 30 more minutes, um, and even if it passes by in a split second because you close your eyes and then you're awake again, it is a joy, 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 and it makes me so incredibly happy. And on that very quick note, let's take a break and get right into it. Alright, as I mentioned at the top today, we are talking about the topics of health and education, and we are going to start off by doing something that we have not done in a long time, and that is actually give five facts. And so here are my top five health and education facts for you today. Fact number one, one in four healthcare facilities around the world does not have access to clean water. So I want us just to stop right there and soak in that information for a second because you would think that of all the things that are absolutely essential to provide any kind of healthcare service, that clean water would be the true bare minimum. And yet one quarter of healthcare facilities in the world do not have access to even that. And this horrible fact flows very much into fact number two, which is this. Up to 80% of people living in rural areas in the majority world rely on traditional plant-based medicine for their health care. And yes, that number was 80%. Now, I myself am a very much natural kind of person. I like to use clean products, essential oils. If possible, I buy organic produce, all of those things. But I am also extremely thankful for modern medicine and all the truly incredible things that we have access to. But unfortunately, this is not the case for so many people around the world. 
And so, fact number three, a woman is 14 times more likely to die during childbirth in the majority world compared to the minority world. And we did talk a little bit about birth in our HOPE episode and just how far we have come. Uh, But this fact still remains. Pregnancy and childbirth have always been very risky and very dangerous things. And unfortunately, this danger increases 14 times over if you live within the majority world, which again applies to the majority of people. And I did have my own little taste of this while I was in Papua New Guinea. I am not sure of the statistics now, but back when I was there in 2009, there was this stat that one in seven women died in childbirth there. This was a huge number, which was almost entirely preventable. And so once again, for the women of the world, poverty is not just a lack of material possessions. It is actually a very real risk to their lives. All right, that was health. Now facts four and five are about education. So fact number four is that today, 265 million children will not be allowed to go to school. 265 million! 22% of these kids are primary school aged, which for you Americans is uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, and 50% of these children live in areas of conflict. You guys, 265 million children is an awful lot, especially considering that I'm from a country of about 25 million people. And I am sure that you can imagine what the long-term ramifications of this are. And number five, 617 million youth around the world lack basic mathematics and literacy skills. 617 million. And again, the flow-on effects from this are widespread, long-term, devastating to the nations and communities that it affects. And so that is our five facts of today that hopefully give you just a taste of the vast and horrific inequality that exists within these two very important arenas. I mean, healthcare and education are huge. They are important. They are life-changing things. And I think that is something that we, living in the minority world, need to be reminded of and then extremely thankful for. I mean, I know that I myself am definitely guilty of complaining about both of these things when in reality they are tremendous privileges that I absolutely have taken for granted. So Jesus, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for the access that I have to both healthcare and education. Help us, help me, Lord, not to take these things for granted. And I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for what are truly precious and ongoing gifts. And quite honestly, I don't have a whole lot more to say on the topics themselves as I feel like these stats give a pretty well-rounded summary of what these inequalities are. And uh, so the rest of today's episode, I want just to be Tuesday tips. Essentially, what can we actually do about this? And I want to break that down into our two sections, into health and education. So let's start out with health. And obviously, as I feel like my Tuesday tips tend to start out, we can give. We can specifically give our money to ministries and missionaries who work in the healthcare field and who work to close the gap or provide health services for impoverished people. And there are so many incredible organizations that bring about so much good and so much change through the healthcare industries. And so we have the opportunity to give to them and support them. It's a great place to start. It's a very tangible way to do global good. 
But beyond that, I think there are other things that we can do as well, specifically if you work in the healthcare field, obviously. If you are a medical student or a professional, for example, there truly are an abundance of incredible opportunities that you have to volunteer your skills and your services to assist people internationally. And again, I would caution you to work through the steps that I outlined in last week's short-term mission episode before you do that but once they are in place there really is a great need and you have the skills and the opportunity to potentially change lives forever locally and globally and make a huge tangible difference you have an incredible gift in your education and you have so many outlets in which you can use it it's awesome and so I would encourage you to do that to volunteer your time But then if you are not a medical personnel, not a medical professional, such as myself, I'm not a medical professional in case I worded that strangely, (laughs) but there are also tons of opportunities available for us to give of our time and our talents as well. For example, we can volunteer at nursing homes or women's crisis centers, places like that that are involved in the healthcare industry but aren't directly working in a healthcare capacity. And so that's health. And I'm sure there are many other ways that we can help as well. And so if you have ideas, please send them to me. I would love to hear them. And then there is education. And again, let's start with giving. And again, again, let's start with sponsoring a child because I have said it before, I think multiple times, but I will say it again. I truly believe that sponsoring a child through a trusted Christian organization is a fantastic way to provide for the holistic needs of children who are living in poverty, one of which is education and another of which is actually health. And then secondly, again, we can also volunteer our time, and there are a number of different ways that we can do this. For example, as part of your church or your community group, you can adopt a local school. And this whole concept is especially helpful if you are in a struggling part of town or located in an area with a high immigrant or refugee population. My own church does this, and it's amazing because there really are so many ways that we can tangibly and practically assist local teachers and students, such as, for example, setting up lunchtime reading groups for uh, refugee children or even just praying for and with and over different school campuses. I mean, some schools will even let you um, run Bible studies before or after school, things like that. And so lots of ways to get involved locally. And if this is not an option for you, then There are plenty of other ways that we can use our volunteer hours. This could include things like after-school programs, boys or girls clubs, or even starting or joining an English teaching ministry or program as part of your local church or community. Because obviously, adult education is equally as valid, equally as helpful, especially for people who are immigrating uh, from majority world nations. And then we can take this one step more personal as well and draw this into our most inner circles because I think we also need to be very intentional with the leadership positions that we have over children and youth whether that is as a parent as a grandparent as a teacher as a coach as a children's ministry worker whatever it is I think we have a truly incredible opportunity to influence and educate kids for good and to help raise children to be true change agents in this world, equipping them to both care about and to end global poverty because, again, it is very, very possible within 
our generation. And there are tons of different ways that we can do this. For example, you can sponsor a child as a family or even as a Sunday school class. I know that my Sunday school growing up used to do that. You can also price match gifts with your kids or your grandkids, allowing them to sponsor a child of their own. And I think it's also extremely important that we model giving to children because as we've talked about, it is not a normal human tendency to want to give our money away. And so children need to learn and they need to see lifestyles of giving actually modeled by parents and caregivers around them. I think a big part of this is also encouraging your kids to make friends with people from different countries and different cultures from them as well. And I have a friend who I met on a short-term mission trip once, and she has several siblings. I can't remember how many. And growing up, she told me this story about her family uh, every Christmas. And, you know, they would do the normal family Christmas thing, and they would come together and open presents. And along with the joy of that process, there was also a little bit of complaining when kids didn't get exactly what they wanted or what they asked for. And so what her parents decided to do was that instead of Christmas presents every year from that point forward, they would take a trip to volunteer within a majority world nation. And she was telling me that it just changed all of their lives forever. I mean, it completely transformed their family culture. It transformed their individual worldview about all kinds of things. And now she is a person who volunteers with... um, struggling kids probably more than anybody else that I know and that to me is just a really tremendous example of what it can look like to educate your kids on what global inequality looks like and how they can be a part of the solution and then lastly since we are on the topic of education I will also encourage you once again to continue your own education on these topics because This whole thing, it's not easy, it's not simple, it's complex, it's vast, and so I think we need to make an intentional effort to keep these kinds of things at the forefront of our minds. And so why not make it a goal to maybe read one book or watch one documentary each month that continues your education on the topic of global inequality. And I will list a number of awesome resources in the show notes for today's episode as a great place to get you started. And on that note, that was today's episode all about health and education. As promised, it was pretty simple, pretty grassroots, pretty basic, but I want to keep bringing these topics and these statistics out into the forefront of our minds uh, because this is a really big deal. So, so many people in this world do not have access to healthcare, basic healthcare and education. And, And that's not fair. That's not right. That is a problem. And it's a problem that we all have the opportunity to be a part of changing. And so I want to invite you to join me next week for a very similar style episode on the topic of food. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. And as always, you can reach me on Instagram over at How to Live with the Rich or by email at HowToLiveWithTheRich at gmail.com. Happy Tuesday, and I will see you guys next week.